coolness has always been this thing that I've always been like since I was a child, like suspicious of and also on the outside of. And like, so I can, I think about like adolescent or previous attempts to be perceived as hip or cool are always like treacherous. So you've always been suspicious of cool, but then what's funny, you know, the irony of that is- I wanna be cool. Well, you're cool now. Oh God. You're cool to all the kids, the young kids coming up doing sketch comedy and stand up. They're like, oh, she's the, she and John are the cool ones. I fucking did it. That is the voice of the great Kate Berlant. This is Mike Birbiglia. You're listening to Working It Out. This is a fun episode. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I want to recommend about Kate Berlant. She is a comedian, an actor. She's been in tons of stuff. Um, I saw her solo show in New York City. It's called Kate, directed by Bo Burnham. Um, It's going to London at the same time that Old Man in the Pool is in London. In September, you can see both of them. You could make it a double header, a London double header. Kate's show is also gonna be in Los Angeles. That was breaking news on the show today. Um, How this conversation came about is that Kate came out with a bunch of specials lately, actually two. One is a two-person sketch special on Peacock with John Early that just got nominated for an Emmy. It is so funny and so strange. We talk about that a bit today. And then I, I've just been watching a lot of Kate Berlant comedy lately. I watched this one called Cinnamon in the Wind on Hulu. And my wife, Jenny, and I have laughed so hard. And so we talked about it on the episode today. Um, Kate is very candid about how that special almost didn't come out. Or, or it was held, like they filmed it a bunch of years ago. It was also directed by Bo Burnham. And the network uh, didn't necessarily uh, want to release it. That I'll, I'll leave it at that. You'll, you'll hear her describe it today. It is such a bizarre story to me. It's such a weird show business story because that special is a riot. Like I could not urge you to see a comedy special more than I would urge you to see that special. Um, so that's Cape Berlant. And then the London thing, like I said, I'm going to be there. I'm also going to be in Edinburgh, a uh, Fringe Festival, next week. I'm doing six performances of The Old Man in the Pool at the Edinburgh Fringe. I've never been there before. I'm so excited. Then I'm going to London, to the West End, at the Wyndham's Theatre in London for 30 performances of The Old Man in the Pool. And then I'm performing Christmas Parmesan in Boston for Christmas. And we just added a fifth and sixth performance at the Wilbur Theater, one of my favorite theaters in the world. And that's a new hour. That is that is, that is is what I'm working on next. I love the new hour. It's so fun. I think you're going to love it. But you got to go see Kate in London or in Los Angeles or anywhere else that she is. You can follow her at Kate Berlant on Instagram. I think you're going to love this conversation today. She's a hilarious comedian and actor and just a, 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 just one of the funniest people to be around. Enjoy my conversation with the great Kate Berlant. I texted you the other day because Jenny, my wife Jenny and I saw Cinnamon in the Wind and laughed so hard. Oh. Thank you so much. People say that to you every day, probably? No. No? People come to me and go, your special cinnamon <laughs> in the wind, which flew under the radar. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> wife and I were dying last night. No, that's why I was so thrilled when you um, when you texted me that. 
So it's, thank you. Has it flown under the radar? Well, it's just one. Of, well, first of all, it's sort of a weird situation because I shot it. Uh, Bo Burnham directed it. We shot it in 2019. Wow. And then 2019. Yeah. Those are the days. I know. I had so much ahead of me. And <laughs> the, I mean, if I may, FX Please. buried it. They, well, they ju- buried it. They just were like, no. They just like wouldn't air it. And it was very, it was strange because it was like, no one's going to care either way. You know what I mean? They wouldn't air it. Or, I mean, they owned it, but they didn't air they, it. They just like wouldn't air it. They wouldn't give us any answers. It was very just like. Do you think they didn't like it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do I put this? Yep. I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah. yeah. I think the, they just like the, didn't have confidence in it. So the listeners, as this is, I'm saying this and it's an understatement. The idea of someone seeing the special that I saw, Cinnamon in the Wind, and saying, we don't think this is e, either A, funny, or B, um, worth airing, is extraordinary to me. Like, extraordinary. Like, I don't I don't want to know that person. Yeah. Me neither. But did you, no. like, re-edit it or something? No, 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 like, no. There's no and, changes? And I, and I thought, I'm like, well, I'm sneaking in under the, you know, overcoat of Bo Burnham here. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I get you might not give a shit about me, but what about the guy, that guy? He, like, runs comedy. Yeah, so it was just sort of, it was it was unfortunate because it was he's just like... He's like the avatar of comedy right yeah, now. Yeah, no, it was... He's, he's like... Hey, do you know Bo? Like you say, hey, I'm a comedian. You go, yeah. Do you know Bo? <laughs> yes, I've, yes. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess they thought it was a little weird or hard. I, I don't know. I don't know. And it, here's what's really funny. Now I'm just really, I'm just going there hard. Yeah, yeah, go there. No, but it's it's also this thing which I always return to with like making things. It's sometimes just liberating. Like I was talking to my friend recently who was working on something and freaking out about it, and I was like, if this helps at all, like no one cares. Right. It's like even it, like, about which part. Like. like that it Make, was buried. Like no, no, no. Like making something. It's like at the end of the day, no one really cares. Right. It's like your own experience of making something, but no one really cares. Right. Like I mean, like art is powerful, and we all love things. But like, if the thing, what I'm so what I'm saying is, so when it finally came out, I was like, I'm probably gonna get a Harry and David's basket from FX. <laughs> I was like, here comes the champagne, and then it was, of course, just like they told us it was coming out like three days before it came out. No. Yeah, they were like, it's actually gonna drop next Wednesday. Which which was weird because it was also the week that my show Kate was opening up off Broadway. Yeah. So it was just like, all right. So it was just very. It was like there was like no ceremony, which is fun. How, how much of a ceremony do I need? A little bit, maybe. Yeah. Maybe how about Harry something? David's basket. How about a little Harry David's. How about a candle? Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like anticipating the gift that never arrived, and then of course it just went out. And never heard from them. It's fine. Who cares? God bless them. I'm still available. I still want to work with you. Yes, available and want to work. I know how you can make it up to me. Yeah. Harry David's basket. <laughs> yeah. I bet they hear this and they get Harry David's basket for you. That would be really cool. I hope so. And then bear the hatchet. With Bo, now that's two projects with him because mm-hmm. he did Kate, the mm-hmm. solo show that you did, yeah. which I love. And he did Cinnamon in the Wind. Yeah. Are you going to do more? We'll see. You don't know. Life is long. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah, it's a so. deep relationship. Like I've done five solo shows with Seth Barish. It's a deep relationship. Oh, yeah, like you very, have to yeah. you have to really like go there with him like yeah. a lot. Yeah. Totally. Did you cuz the thing that I love about that special so much is that it does the thing and I was texting this to you it's like it does the thing that you hope specials do which is it feels like you're in the room where they filmed it and it never feel specials never feel like that. That's so nice. Okay, just to just to give context for the listeners. Um the, the 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 titular line, mm. Cinnamon in the Wind, is life, 
I'm quoting Kate. <laughs> Life, like this show, is cinnamon in the wind. It's just whoosh. You know, it's gone. And you're just there left cursing the air like there was spice here once. Oh, you my know, God. It's, that's all it is. It's hard to admit, but you know, life is short. I like that. Life is short. And then my favorite line, <laughs> write that down. <laughs> oh, my God. To hear it in your mouth, scripted. Wow. But, yeah. the, but the cinnamon in the wind line, what I love about it is, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, life is short. I like that. Life is short. <laughs> write that down. It's like, to me, that encapsulates your sense of humor and the, and the aesthetic of the show, which is like, you're saying things that are, of course, true, but they're with a layer of uh, irony, but also they're true. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good metaphor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Do you feel yeah. like that with, because your stuff so often is uh, between Kate and Cinnamon in the Wind, it's like parodying comedy or it's mm-hmm. parodying even when you and John went on The Tonight Show and did like a five-minute set about getting ready to yeah, do yeah. your set. Like so much of it's this meta kind of we're not going to do comedy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like what you're making fun of is kind of me. <laughs> <laughs> you're like earnestly like doing a solo show. Um, do, you, do you think you'll ever come over to the dark side and do a solo show where you reveal yourself? I know, right? Do you think about right? that? <laughs> well, that's what's funny is it to me because I've always been like, I see those things as being very revealing. Like I feel very naked and vulnerable. In, in your show. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, so I'm like, well, this is, I'm particularly like with my with my stage show, Kate, it was my first time doing like a truly scripted, like written thing that wasn't relying on improv. There's no improvisation in the show. I mean, there's a couple parts. There are two parts that change every night a little bit, but- I mean, I don't want to give anything away, yeah. but it kind of can't be, right? Because there's technical elements no, that totally, you're, you're it stuck can't in. Be, yeah. Which was really liberating because I'm just really used to with stand-up, of course there's material that I repeat and exp- like of course. Yeah. But a lot when I approach stand-up, so much of it for me is um is still based on like things changing in the moment and finding things as yeah. they happen, which is really exciting but also really scary. And I get very nervous before shows. Yeah. When, I I'm do in, too. when I'm in that position where I'm like hoping like something's gonna happen that I can't anticipate yet or control. Whereas with the stage show, I'm nervous, but in a different way. And there is such I can kind of relax into the structure of the show. It's really liberating. Why do you think I've been thinking about this a lot lately? The idea of like nervousness because people a lot of times people will say to me like, "Do you get nervous before shows?" Because I think that's the thing that people associate with live performance. It's yeah, like, of course. Like I would never do that because yeah. it's so nerving. And I, I think I kind of came to grips with the fact recently that I do get nervous. But for years I was like, "Nah." Oh my god, yeah. And now I'm like, "No, I do." But what do you think makes you nervous about getting on stage? What's the worst outcome? Not being funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and feeling. Is it on you or is it on the audience? Me. Like, on you. Yeah. Embarrassment. Yeah. And just like, I'm trying, I had I had kind of a weird set. So I haven't been doing stand-up because the last, my life has really been this show. show I like yeah. wrote it for nine months and I was performing it. So I just, I wasn't doing stand-up and I'm now like, all oh, right, I want to get back into stand-up. And so I've been doing some shows. And I had, I also realized that I have a very high pain tolerance. Like I can come off stage and be like, I think some people would be like, that was bad. And I'll be like, I had fun up there. <laughs> like I think I'm I think I do like strangely I'm able to take it or something. I mean it hurts, but also I'm not in a position not to brag. It's not like I'm eating shit all the time. Yeah. Really. Like, but but 
I'm thinking about this because I had a show at the comedy store at the um, in the main room the other night. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, this is interesting. And I, I might have bombed, <laughs> but I didn't really feel it that way. Yeah. But I was like, this makes me nervous. Like there, are, I think for me, if it's like there are moments where I feel like I really connected and I liked what I was doing and they liked it. Yeah. Well, but then in that, because that environment is like, I'm not usually in like conventional clubs. Yeah. But um, I've had great experiences in conventional clubs, whatever. But you know, it was like a table of Navy SEALs and I found myself being like, the Navy SEALs, do they even let Jews in? And oh then like, they're like dying. I'm like, why am I doing, like, what am I doing? I'm like debasing myself. <laughs> I'm like trying to like contort to like give them what I imagine they want from me. But I think also I just, again, I'm just out. I just have not been doing stand-up in so long that it feels kind of suddenly foreign or extra nerve wracking. But definitely didn't answer your question. You were saying, what is the the nervousness? Yeah, what's the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario? Oh, because here's the thing about if there is something true where if I feel like I'm doing something that is funny, that feels exciting to me, usually it will work. Yeah. And what doesn't feel good is if I do something that I don't love and it doesn't work. Yeah. Then it's like, why did I do that? Right. Like when you feel yourself not actually finding something new or you feel like- Like in other words, you don't even stand behind the yeah, concept yeah, yeah. and then you performed it for strangers. Yeah, you do something just feels you're like, oh, I'm like not in this, but I'm doing it because it worked or something. And then they're like, they don't like it. You're like, oh yeah, of course you can feel it too. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing that you've had in relation to an audience member? Because you, when you walk into the audience of the show, Kate, there's a sign- that said, don't don't look at me. Oh yeah, well and this you're was sitting like, there. This was a very last minute joke that <laughs> was just like making Bo and I laugh like two days before we opened, which was like, it was always like, okay, I'm gonna sit in the in the entryway in sort of a gallery environment, um, and I'm gonna be sitting with a spotlight on me, and it was like, I should have a sign around my neck or something. And it's like, what should the sign say? And it's like, I should say, ignore me. Just like ignore so, me. and yeah, it just yeah. like made us laugh, and it was like, yeah, okay, like let's make the sign ignore me, and then it just like stuck, and so then that just. Um, it's like immersive, but it's also like, you know, about this woman trying to create this experience and it's like not really the thing. Like it's like, <laughs> like I had, some people would come in, like I remember hearing there was like some people that came in and they were like, oh, like it's serious or something. Like they actually, <laughs> and I was like, God bless them. They're like, oh, like, like and it's like sweet, like older woman was like, that's the artist, you know, like whispering around me. People were really reverent of me, right. like me sitting there with the, like, right. so and then, of course, some people will just immediately start laughing or they would just like, they would feel the absurdity of it. But yeah, there's a real, there was a real, um, yeah, this like person that I'm playing, this version of myself is like trying to create this experience for, for people, but it's just not really um, working or something. Right. Like it's, it's like, like it, almost a thing, but it's not. And well, also it's this thing, which was always my self-consciousness with my show is like, to be clear, I'm not making fun of modern art. It's like, that's yeah. been the oldest, like that joke is beyond over it's like but there is something and there is something in me that genuinely does want to give people an experience yeah and like take them out of the everyday or make people um you know in awe of something like, of course and and you do like like I, and i can get this out of it it gives away too much of the show but it's like you have a a running thing of you're going to cry yeah can i say that i don't know if that's like in the reviews or not in the reviews or i think it is i think it's okay but 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 like it's a compelling thing to watch a human being try to cry. Yeah. Well, it's like an, yeah, I think just the, 
you know, I'm an actor available, yes, you yes, know, not now because it's strength, but you know, um, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's something just deeply embarrassing about being an actor. It's something deeply embarrassing about like being on stage at yeah, all. Of course. Like I think about when I was starting stand up when I was 17 and like, it was still kind of like a weird thing to do it. Yeah. And like, even just in the time that's passed, comedy now is like, it's like so popularized in this way where I just think people have less shame about it. I think they should have more. <laughs> <laughs> it is mainstream. I always I always say that to people because people speak to me as though these people who are, you know, the Burt Kreischers of the world or the, you know, uh, or even Mulaney being in tabloids or something. Yeah. Like they talk about it like it, they know him or whatever. And I'm just like, <laughs> it didn't used to be like this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like when these people, like Melanie's an interesting example because it's like when he got into comedy, it wasn't the kind of art form where your divorce would be mentioned in the tabloids. Oh my god! I mean, of course, my god. Yeah. And so, and and so, I think it's kind of a shocking turn for people like you and I and others who are just in this thing. I can't even go to the grocery store, exactly. Mike. I'm being swarmed. <laughs> It's from your show. It's sometimes, I'll admit it, hard being the only artist in the room. Oh, yeah. My brother Joe goes, I find this statement exceptionally bold. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I say the only true artist. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Do you ever get people <laughs> Do you ever get people who don't get the joke of you in your yeah, shows? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're there, but I don't. I just, to me, I'm like, I identify primarily. Like, I just want to be silly. Right. Like, that's always the goal. Right. And that's always, yeah. So, so. But what if people don't get that it's silly? Like, I like can't you help did this, those people. But you did this thing on the Today Show that it was so good. You were talking about you were in Don't Worry, Darling, and you're great, and it's a it's a great movie. I talked to Nick Kroll about it on here too. But you're you're talking about um, how the actors were intimidated by you because they're such big fans of yours. Yeah, yeah. And you're saying it with like, you're like Harry Styles. You're like, oh, yeah, it was really hard for him to be around me. And, yeah, uh, which I'm like it's, like, it's like almost like too obvious a joke. It's not though. It's so funny because Ugh. there's this moment where they don't quite know if it's a joke. And I'm like, I do not have that. I can't yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. ever get nervous <laughs> like right before and go like, oh, I can't. Like you thought of that before you went on. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, no, something like that to me, it's almost, yeah, it's just so absurd. It's like, yeah, Harry Styles is nervous to be around me. Yeah, he was breaking on set. It's like, no, he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Support for Working Out comes from Aura Frames. We all love taking photos on our phones, right? But there's so many of them. Hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of photos wasting away in your camera roll. Stop scrolling through so many photos. Start putting them to good use with a unique, stylish, digital picture frame from Aura Frames. I got one of them right by my bedside. It's like a slideshow of photos that I really like from my, of my family that sort of scrolls through on this little frame, this little picture frame. I love it. Free unlimited storage. You can add unlimited photos and videos. Invite as many people as you want to a frame. There are absolutely no hidden fees or subscriptions, and it's private. You have complete control over who has access to your frame. 
Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code WIO. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com, code WIO. Terms and conditions apply. Working It Out is supported by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content. On beautiful video pages, you can even access your video library by adding a paywall to your content. My God, Squarespace is keeping up with the times. They're the forerunners of the industry. They're way ahead of us and right with us. I made up that slogan. I should point out that this is an ad for Squarespace, but I love Squarespace. Our website for Thank God for Jokes was Squarespace. Our website for Stand Up and Vote was Squarespace. Couldn't recommend it more highly. We use it all the time. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, head to squarespace.com slash burbigs, B-I-R-B-I-G-S, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash burbigs to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Are you intimidated by any of these people you work with? So it's like you get cast in like phenomenally cool projects. You're like, you're in Abby Jacobson's show, you're in Tarantino's movie, you're in Olivia Wilde's movie, like all these things where it's like these awesome directors. Like, is there a point at which you're just like, oh, actually, this is unnerving? Oh, yeah. I mean, the Tarantino of it all, and to be clear, I had a scene. You know, I'm not trying to, <laughs> but let's be clear. Um, no, Once that upon was, a time in Hollywood. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, Boots which, Riley's another one. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. No, I, it's, um, uh, I mean, the Tarantino thing is like a joke. I mean, it's like a life dream. It's, it's like weird, right? gun to my head. Like, who are the people you would kill? To, you know, it's like. Yeah. And so that was. Who, were, who would be those people you'd kill? <laughs> oh, you know. I mean, who are the big dream? You know, I'm a normal person. I'm like, I'm like Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm, yeah. You know, of course, like um, just those two. No, there's a, there's there are plenty, but I mean, it's like. Yeah. But some, who would you kill? Is, who would you kill to work with them? Oh, oh yeah. Who oh, would you murder? Right. Who would I kill? Yeah. Anyone I don't know. No, no, it can't be. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be someone you don't know. <laughs> Has to be specific people yeah. you've at least <laughs> met. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. at least met. Right, right, right. Or they die nonviolent. Yeah, death. yeah. It have to be like Patrick Borelli or someone oh. who like we know. Oh <laughs> I wouldn't even shoot a dog. <laughs> um, but when you were working with like people like Tarantino. Or Boots Riley, whoever. Like, yeah. do you have a moment of like, like, a are you nervous? B afterwards, do you feel better in some ways? Like, I worked with Tom Hanks and Mark Forrester on A Man Called Otto, and actually afterwards, I feel more confident as an actor because I'm like, well, I'm not mm. afraid of that anymore. Yeah, I think there was a thing. The Tarantino job was funny because my character is not like funny. Like, of course, like all his scripts and dialogue are so funny. So it's like, there's no escaping that it's comedy or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, my character wasn't, like I had to look in my, like I remember being in my trailer, I was like looking in myself in the mirror and I was like, you need to calm down. Don't cross your eyes, relax. It's not about you. It's like, serve the script. Cause wow. I had the urge to be like, look what I can do daddy. You know, like I wanted to like, but it's like, no, I'm just like there to like execute this. It's like, it's, it's like a simple scene. It's a clear scene. Like don't make it about 
you. But of course I have the desire to like, because that was also just a straight up audition, like cattle call audition. Like he didn't know me as a comedian oh, or anything like that. So Did you put yourself which, on tape. I went in and that's actually what that oh. thing did because I, um, that's the only job I've ever gotten from a straight up audition. Really? Where the person didn't know me. The, and I'm not exaggerating, the only one. And wow. I've been on 4,600 auditions. Yeah. And I just always know I won't get it. And I'm like, well, the job isn't to get the job. It's to make a fan, you know, or whatever. <laughs> so I went into that where it was like, oh, you know, went in 10,000 like women in the waiting room. The walls are paper thin. You can hear what everyone's doing. I had to like go out in the hall and be like, because I just was like, I'm going to just start like parroting what I'm hearing through the wall. And then, you know, went in, did it once, left, thought there's no way I got it. And then I got the call. That's so cool. So yeah, but very, was very nervous, but he was like so unbelievably lovely and generous. And like, he knows what that experience means for me. He knows I'm walking onto like a crazy movie set there for two days, like, he understands that this is a big deal for me. Yeah. What I've heard about working with him is like also like he loves making movies so well, much. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, he was, that's exactly the thing. I was like, this, he is like laughing all day, like truly like <laughs> yes. loving it. It was yeah. just like, thank God, my God. He loves what he does. Yeah. Like, Dude loves laughing, what he does. Just, yeah, loving yeah. it, loving it. Well, another thing, yeah, I heard him say, watches his own movies. Yeah. If it's on TBS... Pulp Fiction's I on. Love that. I'll watch it. Jackie Brown. So cool. <laughs> that rules. He loves movies. <laughs> yeah. Dude loves movies. He loves yeah. his own movies. He's really good at he it. He should. Yeah. Um, do you you're you're thought of and described by uh the Times and other places as like a trailblazer of like modern alt comedy that people are like doing versions of you. The Times, folks, not my words. Not my words, yeah. <laughs> not not Kate's words. <laughs> what if the Times says it? <laughs> what do you when you see people doing you, so to speak? Good, bad, how do you feel about it? No, oh my God, don't do this to me. No, no, I I'm like completely Keep just, it in. Well, by the way. Keep it in. By the way. We're all, it's, it's like the history of everything is like doing, you of know, it's, it's like when I was thinking, I was thinking about when I was starting stand up and I was doing like a Sarah Silverman, Eugene Merman, like mashup. Okay. Or I was doing, it's like. Oh, your early stand up. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's we like, all are. It's I was like, doing Mitch Hedberg and Greg Geraldo yeah, and this person, like, that person. Yeah. You know, finding your fucking shtick. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't begrudge people that when you're like, you're doing me. It's, of course, as you can imagine. That's actually me. <laughs> if someone says to me, oh, this is a, it's like, it's like, truly, it's like flattering, move on. Like, all right. It's like, yeah. also, it's also, it's like, if someone can like do, no one can take your thing. If they can, no. you're fucked. You know, it's That's like, true. so it's sort of like, well. That's true. Like, I, you know. You, you have the great joke about how you're. Your uh, your influences are pottery and small batch granola, <laughs> <laughs> and in such small quantities that they resist capitalism. And Carlin, oh my god, which is great. Thank you. What are your actual influences in addition to small batch granola? Um, I mean, yeah, when I was when I was like starting to get really obsessed with comedy, I was actually you. You know the the invite them up like double CD. I was oh, obsessed with. Oh yeah, I love with. that album. Yeah, and me, the double CD. Well, there were two. Double CD. Um, yeah. And I actually met Bobby Tisdale the other night for the wow. first time, and I was like so starstruck. I was like, thirty seconds of stand up. I was like, oh my gosh, I love Bobby. Like devoured all. I was so obsessed with that scene. Like there were Fifi, like everyone that was coming out of that, and Variety Shack. Yeah. And like. 
Stella, like oh my god, and all. Yeah, you're on that album. Yeah, I'm it's on like, it's like yeah. yeah, it's like everyone. I was just like, <gasps> I just devoured it. I was so obsessed. So that scene was huge for me. That thing, you could never have guessed at the time. I remember Jack Vaughn was the producer of it for Comedy Central Records. He's like, I'm doing a double album of Invite Them Up, and I thought like, yeah, sure, you could do that. It was like one of the most prescient things I've ever seen happen in comedy, mm. which is like taking a scene, a downtown East Village scene at that moment with Eugene Merman and all these folks, and and just capturing it on album, putting it out as a double album. It's really like varied and all kinds of bizarre stuff, but like, you know, it's Mulaney's on it and Aziz is on it and all these people yeah. who ended up having big comedy careers, but it's like when they were starting. Yeah. It's a really good album. I really can't wait to go back and listen to it because I think it's the sort of thing where like music, I'll listen to it and just know every like lyric, like it'll just immediately return. Did you have it like- well, That was poetic. Well, did you have it like, <laughs> well, Andy Kaufman is like always credited as like the forefather or Andy Kaufman and or Steve Martin. Yeah, Steve Martin, like, like I, yeah, I was obsessed with Steve Martin. Did he come to your solo show? How did I put this? No. <laughs> he was shooting, this? you know, his show and, you know, people no, no, were busy. No, no, of course, um, I would of love course. to, um, I will be doing it in LA. Tickets aren't on sale yet. Oh, you're doing it in I'm, LA? I'm announcing it here. You've oh, got breaking the news? Breaking news, mid-January to mid-February Pasadena Playhouse. Oh, we're breaking news. We're breaking news. This I is guess huge. I can. Why not? Yeah. So <laughs> we love to break news so, here. Um, but tickets aren't even on sale yet. I'll be I'll be posting. But yeah. So wait. Maybe. When it, when is it going to be? So the show will be mid January to mid February. Nice. At the Pasadena Playhouse. Have you ever been there? Beautiful. Yeah, theater. I performed. I workshop sleepwalk with me there. Oh, yeah. I, I'd never been Gorgeous. there. Gorgeous. Oh, this is one thing I wanted to ask because I Mabel pointed out who works on the show that there is an analogy to what you do and what you and John do with your sketch show, which I love also. Oh, thank Holy you. Holy cow, it's on Peacock. Thank you, it is on Peacock. So good. <laughs> and um, and The Lonely Island. Mm-hmm. And like The Lonely, like, because Yorma Ciccone was on this show and like, we talked about this idea of like, that, that sketch show is so strange, like to the point of like, I want to say your beavers going through TSA. We are. <laughs> you want to say it because that's all it is, my friend. And like, like it's so like the work that you and John do together is so absurd that you just, as as a fan of it, I'm just asking like, what's too absurd to pitch to yeah. John? Like, like do you ever <laughs> go like, yeah, I shouldn't pitch that. I know that was like something that actually. Our director, who we work, collaborate with a lot, Andy DeYoung, he was the one who actually said, I think, like, I think I was walking to the airport with him, and he was like, yeah, like, you guys should just be, like, beavers at the airport or something. And I was like, beavers at the airport? Print it. Like, it's like, which often happens with us and myself. Like, it's like, first thought, best thought, like, whatever. Just, yeah. like, whatever. It's just like, all right, that's it. Like First just, thought, best thought. And just, like, not going into it too much. Just kind of, like, right there, there being there's like, a lot that'll of cre- do. There's a lot of credence to first yeah, thought, best thought. Yeah, and so... But I think one of the, yeah, the balance between absurdity and sincerity, like that's always the sort of, the stuff that I like the most kind of has both at the same time in equal measure. Yeah. Which is the only way you're kind of given the the leverage to do the other thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I believe women have the right to steal cosmetics. Oh yeah, that's an oldie. Are you kidding me? We're forced to, into a system where we have to constantly pay for creams, powders, and lotions. This is a great example of, 
great joke. In my mind, I'm going, uh, that's illegal. Yeah, yeah. I don't actually support that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. I feel like when you can convince an audience member to laugh at a thing that is entirely incorrect, it's yeah. like you win. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, I still feel that way. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. There's truth. Right. It works because there's a great well, truth. Well, also because in it. that, because I used to actually be like kind of a klepto. Oh, really? Like, I mean, I used to Breaking actually news. I used to actually still make up. Right. To be send clear, this to, not wait, deadline? Small, Can not, we send this to Pete Hammond? Not from small businesses. And I talk about this with that. I'm yeah, like, I know. I'm like, we're talking about big, you know, Sephora, CVS, they can take it. But it is, um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, the makeup industrial complex. Yeah, yeah. taking this. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. It's I not, pay for it now. Yeah. Still tempted at yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, so you stole Gives when, you a real when? kick. Yeah, yeah. You still in high school? Uh, a little later. <laughs> Let's just say I'd be not much later, but maybe 20 years old, hit up the Sephora Union Square, oh, okay. get some Dior foundation, okay. go to CPK, okay, okay. shaking the no adrenaline. More. This is called the slow round. Um, do you remember a period in your life where you were kind of like a an inauthentic version of yourself? Like mm. you're like a totally different Kate. Like I'm living it now. Um, <laughs> oh, an inauthentic version. Yeah. I was kind of like, I didn't really, I sort of could move freely between all groups. Yeah. Because I was just like, really was kind of just like the clown. Yeah. It's like coolness has always been this thing that I've always been like since I was a child, like suspicious of and also on the outside of. And like, so I can, I think about like adolescent or previous attempts to be perceived as hip or cool are always like treacherous. So you've always been suspicious of cool, but then what's funny, you know, the irony of that is I you're cool. want to be cool. Well, you're cool now. Oh God. You're cool to all the kids, the young kids coming up doing sketch comedy and stand up. They're like, oh, she's the, she and John are the cool ones. I fucking did it. <laughs> 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 I guess it's cool to be yourself. <laughs> but uh but the end but to what you were saying though, I'm like, oh yeah, I can like remember those attempts or just just the inherent like which I think everyone goes through, like of course, like probably. Did you um do you remember a time in your life when you ran away, like physically ran away? I think I remember doing the very kind of cartoonish, like I'm leaving when I was a child, like with a suitcase, but For real? Yeah. Like packing up. I had like a Mickey Mouse like patent leather suitcase and I was like Fuck you, you know, and like kind of packed up to leave. Wow. Didn't leave, of course, but um <laughs> strangest neighbor you had growing up. Okay, so I when I was so my house growing up, I lived I mean it's still my, where I grew up, my parents' house, there's an old age home directly across the street. And so there would always be like I remember I would hear in the middle of the night, like just like the screams of someone like lost in like the deepest madness. Mm. <laughs> Like, like I, like the horror, like the deep, like when you're a child and you hear like a guttural scream from like an old man yes. and it's like, like it was like the most terrifying sounds that would come out of the old age home. Wow. And so I was always very aware of that. And then of course there was like a, there was a guy who used to sit on the corner in his wheelchair and he would blast the radio at like 4 a.m. Wow. And we would hear it. it would be so loud in the house. Yeah. And I remember my parents were like, can we like can we get him headphones? Like we were just like, <laughs> can we get him headphones? <laughs> I remember that was it. It was like we want him to be able to do that and go out. But like, can we just you know? Do you have a what's your worst God. or best nickname growing up? 
I went by Kitty like my whole life. Oh, that's sweet. And my parents still call me Kitty. Kitty. And like people that oh my gosh. N- knew me from when I was a kid, they still call me Kitty. Kitty. Yeah. I when I started in comedy, my mentor, my writing mentor in college, tried to convince me to change my name. To and what? one of the one of the ones that I considered for real was Mickey Berbiglia. And the reason why that's I was incredible. He, this guy John Glavin is brilliant. He. He was like, then you get Mickey, you get the Irish, and then Berbiglia, you get the Italian. <laughs> He's like, I'm telling you. No, no, for real. No one's going to sink this act. He tried to really make a case for Mickey Berbiglia. Mickey Berbiglia. Yeah, but I, I think, there, I think, I think Mickey's a great name. Mickey's a fun name. And like, I just think, you know, it's never too late for Kitty if you want to go know, with it. I know, I know. Kitty Berlant. I mean, I, Kitty Berlant has know, like a black and white uh, classic yeah, comedy yeah. quality. yeah. Kitty Belant here. I know. What was wrong with me? I should have stuck. Kitty Belant, she's got it. I can't do it now. Her career's on fire. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Kitty Berlant. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't even know if you have this. What's the biggest assumption people get wrong about you? I I've I think people think that I'm um this is a weird thing to say. Like people are always like, you're nice or something. I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> like I think there's like a I think Sometimes people, maybe less so, but I think sometimes people think of my act or something as somehow like impenetrable or like, like not like, again, like maybe like not vulnerable or not like in the room or something. Like I'm like, I think the thing of like. Oh, they're surprised when you are nice because your act is so like. Uh, kind of like edgy in a maybe certain this, way. Maybe like, this kind of like, um, like kind of like arrogant or like impossible to like pin down or something where it's like, right. no, I like pin me down. It's like I can talk. I can have like a, I can have a grounded conversation with someone. That, well, no, Which I think I, it's a comedian thing too. People just think that you're like, or sometimes people are like, I can't tell if you're making fun of me. I'm like, all I said was, how are you? Right. No, I, I think that's that's interesting because even I had that. Like when you and John came to Old Man in the Pool, like I fear your judgment, not because of our conversations <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. offstage, but because yeah. on, st- on stage you're just like a you're a, you're a knife. You know what I mean? Like you're incisive and you're yeah. So I'm thinking in my he- my you. head when yeah. you're watching, like I'm Kate likes us. Oh my god! But that's all. That's so what it is. Whenever like a comedian or like someone you admire and think is good comes to see you, it's like terrifying. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was when I came to your opening that night was so fun. in New York. It was like murderer's row of every comedian ever. Oh my god! Did that? Did that throw you at all? Because it was like I want to say it was like half the cast of Saturday Night Live was there. I think Bowen Yang was behind me. I think like I want to say Alana Glazer was there. Like it just seemed like everyone ever was there. It was yeah. It was so fun. <laughs> it yeah. was really nice. Yeah. I mean, I think um, yeah. Of course, perform. It's 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 yeah. It's nerve wracking. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what's a song that makes you cry? <gasps> oh, God. What is, okay. Um, Neil Young always makes me cry or mm. like pulls on me in that way. Um, Heart of Gold? Yeah. Or, um, um, I was, it was just funny. Imagine that I actually have never heard a Neil Young song. <laughs> like, yeah, that one or the, 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 the man who wouldn't go away. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Up on the mountain instantly. or yeah, something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What is, um, what's the best piece of advice anyone's given you that you used? I think, uh, well, we're talking so much about my show, Kate and Bo, who, you know, was my director and worked with me on that um, so intensely. Like he would just kind of tell me like, tell the story. If I would get absorbed in like different details or performance notes, it's just like, 
tell the story. It's like yeah. very difficult. That kind of simplicity is hard to achieve or just to remember. It's just like, yeah, like just tell the story. Yeah, well, I talk about that with, I'm working with like, Alex Edelman on his solo show, Just For Us, right now. And like, we often talk about um, how it's just the story. Stories of the star. And sometimes that's enough. Yeah. I always think about, I always think about um, Francis McDormand winning, uh, was it a Golden Globe for Olive Kittredge? I don't know, but I love that, that miniseries. Never read the book, still plan to. But she, <laughs> of course, in classic Frances McDormand, she like won her award and she got up there and she was yeah, like- she's always a great speech. She was like, her. sometimes a well-told story is enough and just mm-hmm. walked away. And I was like, yeah. Oh, is that what she did? Yeah, ain't that the truth? Oh, I love that. She... Or, or which is, sometimes a good story is enough or something. Yeah, it was like that. I was like, wow. it's the truth. Or it's like reading um, David Mamet's book, um, True and False, about mm-hmm. acting. And I love how scathing he is about school and like training, mm. I think, because I was rejected from acting school. So I like his whole thing of like stay out of school. Like yeah. I like that. And what he says, he's like so, he just like eviscerates the idea of like theater school. Oh, interesting. And he's just like, you know, he kind of talks about it's keeping you as in this like endless like amateurism. Oh, and that it's wow. like, and he talks about acting as being athletic, like this like emotional deep dive of like, well, who am I? Let me go into my past and let me. He's like, stand still yep. and like speak clearly, and I like that. Just sort of that, like the athletic practice of performing and kind of getting more into that and less in the intention or like whatever emotion you're bringing. It's like, it's a it's athleticism. There's a great thing that Mamet said in one of his books that I remember where he's just like, do the action, say the words. That's probably true and false. And it's just like, yeah. it's just like, yeah. Like the more, the more I do this over the years, the more that I find that to be true. Yeah. The other one, yeah. The other one people say is keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Which is just like, just keep it simple. Just do it. Yeah. Just do the thing. Say the words. Or, you know, Carl Jung, we don't solve our problems. We just grow bigger than them. I've been thinking about that. It's like, no, they're always there. It's like, you just have to like, you aim to somehow like build a self that can transcend them or that can yeah become bigger. That's super, that's super smart. And it's just like, it's never going to get solved, which I think is helpful. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's funny. It's one of the, one of the questions is what's a group that you were rejected by and it's acting the big school. One. Acting school. Yeah. Holy cow. The big guy. This is inspirational. This is inspirational. Oh, yeah. Rejected. People. Quentin Tarantino didn't ask what acting school you went to. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> and I still mumble. Didn't have the vocal training. Yeah. No, I, um, yeah, I applied for acting school, went through the whole, all the auditions, the whole thing. No, 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 no. Can you believe it? Well, my question Best is- Best thing that never happened to that's me. That's right. Yeah. So my question is, you don't, okay, you get, someone's watching this, listening to it. You get rejected from acting school. What gave you this confidence to be like, no, no, I got, I got, <laughs> I got this. I was, well, I was already doing stand-up at that point. I had started to do stand-up. So yeah. actually I think what did happen is I was rejected from acting school and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to become a stand-up comedian. Yeah. And so like my stand-up has always been actorly or something, but I, I didn't think about, I mean, I wasn't acting and I wasn't doing any acting outside of stand-up. No, and also I mean, you did something in your control, which is like doing stand-up is just something you can create on your own. Exactly, which is like, that is, I think, the, that's why it's so liberating.
Support for Mike Birbiglia's Working It Out comes from Helix Sleep. Helix has been with this podcast from the very beginning. We are huge Helix Mattress fans over here. Let me tell you a few things that are great about Helix Sleep Mattresses. They are fiberglass-free. Unlike other brands, Helix Mattresses do not contain fiberglass, which can be harmful to your health. As you may have seen in the news or on social media, there have been a number of health issues and lawsuits related to fiberglass and mattresses. You know, actually, I used to, I used to have a mattress that was pure fiberglass. It was just, it was literally a bed of fiberglass. No longer. I sleep on Helix mattresses, which are fiberglass-free. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash burbigs. That's helixsleep.com slash burbigs. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. No, now. Working It Out is supported by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content. On beautiful video pages, you can even access your video library by adding a paywall to your content. My God, Squarespace is keeping up with the times. They're the forerunners of the industry. They're way ahead of us and right with us. I made up that slogan. I should point out that this is an ad for Squarespace, but I love Squarespace. Our website for Thank God for Jokes was Squarespace. Our website for Stand Up and Vote was Squarespace. Couldn't recommend it more highly. We use it all the time. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, head to squarespace.com slash burbigs, B-I-R-B-I-G-S, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash burbigs to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This is called uh, From the Notebook, where oh. I work out material on the show. Unbelievable. That's one of the things that's odd about this show is like I'll actually, I do material that's not done. It's unfinished. Yeah. And so... If you have a thought, hit me with it, or a tag, or an, <laughs> or an, or really just like an extrapolation, like it makes you think of something else. Um, <laughs> on stage, I go, "This is how I dress." One day, I walked into a Marshalls and I said, "Which section do undercover cops shop in?" They, point, <laughs> they pointed <laughs> me to the button-down shirts and khakis, and here I am. That's perfect. It's That's really based funny. on it's based on this true story. I was in Greenwich Village. And I was walking on the sidewalk and a guy passed by me and said to the person walking in front of me. You have an undercover copy behind you. That and, is so funny. And the guy looked back at me, and then I looked behind me. And then I looked back and I go, no, which is, of course, what an <laughs> undercover cop would say. That is so funny. So that, yeah, so that's fun. And then, that's good. and then the other thing in the universe is, like, there's so many drugs in the village. Like, it's such a, yeah. like, this guy came up to me the other day. He goes, um... Hey, you look like you you could use some cocaine. No. And I, yeah, and I go, no thanks. I don't I've never use cocaine. And I and he goes, sorry, wrong guy. And I was like, <laughs> oh, classic mix up. I love that that still happened in New York City. Just coming up to you, going, you look like you could use a bump. Yeah, there's a lot of drugs here. Yeah. A lot of drugs. Well, if the drugs aren't here, where the hell are they? Where are be? they? Where are they exactly? Oh, the other one I have is. I don't have a joke on this yet, but it's like I've never seen cocaine. <laughs> that is, yeah, <laughs> For real, yeah, yeah. I people view me as such a straight arrow mm -hmm. that they di it didn't cross. It's never crossed their mind. He should see it. 
Right, 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 right. We should show it just, to him. Just so you know. Yeah, yeah just so you know yeah. what, it lo- what ours looks like. Yeah. Maybe you'd want to get involved. I've had people go like, hey, you know, and I'm like, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But I've never been like, I've never looked down You've never seen a barrel. mirror with some I've never some looked down the barrel of a, of a cocaine yeah. cut. Yeah. So I think anyway. you might be let down. It would be so, imagining you like seeing cocaine and you like being reduced to like a child, like like imagining you like dragging your fingers like through like perfectly like laid out lines, just cause, like like as if like you'd be reduced to a child like in play, like a play like relationship. Like if you show a child cocaine, yes, well they do, they'll like mess right, up the cocaine sure. with their fingers. Sure, like they give you as an adult just being like, like yes. you having fun with cocaine fun without with, using fun with cocaine. it. Yeah, um, but I wrote this down. Um, my doctor prescribes one and a half uh, milligrams of, of Clonvin. Um, pretty surprised she trusts me with the half cut. <laughs> like yeah, like a yeah, majority yeah. of the time, it's like me crumbling a chocolate chip cookie right. and then like licking up some of the cookie dust. Yeah. Like that's what it is. I Those hope that's the tiny right pills. dose. Yeah. 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 Doesn't, not a clean break. No. Doesn't no. feel like a 50-50. Do you have one of the little pill slicers? do but it doesn't work that well no i don't find yeah i don't know and then i and then i wrote after 20 years of taking this clonopin i looked at the side effects because i didn't want to for years i was like ah i have to take it i don't even want to think about what the side effects are so i looked memory loss depression (laughs) (laughs) poor motor coordination i was like well that explains my personality oh my god and then i uh and then this is the part that really worried me Long-term users may write one-person show. <laughs> that's good. It's fun. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's like my little chunk on drugs that I'm working on. That's good. That's good. Um, Can you imagine if you stopped the clonopin and then to bring back Mickey, you just like had, <laughs> to a, bring com- back Mickey <laughs> had a complete um, personality shift. Um, oh, you know what? We'll end on this. The other day we took Una to see her parents and her grandparents in Florida. And it was very sunny. Jenny and Una both got freckles. And uh, and Una said, I think a great joke to Jenny. She goes, it's like, she goes, mom, it's like you drank freckle juice, except it worked. I was like, oh, so strong. That's so cute. So strong. Damn. A few minutes later, Jenny says to Una, Una, it's like you drank freckles just except it worked. And Una starts crying. I go, Una, what's wrong? She goes, Mom stole my joke. No. I was like, welcome to Showbiz Kid. Yeah, yeah. That's deep. Eight years old. Yeah. Get used to it, girl. Life comes at you fast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. That reminds me of a joke that I've never been able to figure out fully. But just talking about how the fact that life is consecutive yeah like you're born and then you're alive the whole time yeah until you die yeah yeah that it's hard there's that, no break that take, the that, only that's a, the only break is death yes i mean that's, that's, what people, that's why people do drugs or do whatever yes but it's like but it's like yeah it's that's either it. death or <laughs> right? drugs you gotta show up every day you'd oh think gosh. there'd be time off that's all i'm saying you'd think you'd get to like maybe live it out in chunks i heard a thing recently a psychologist said that actually really affected me in a positive way, which is, he goes, every day when you wake up, your tendency is to think of 
the past, things in the past. Mm -hmm. And the best thing you can do is just write down things you want to do today. Ooh. Just focus on them. And I started doing it so much, so much happier. Yeah. Isn't that a good one? Yeah, yeah, totally. No joke. Are but you a bit, I mean, I write my journal every morning. I write my journal before I go to bed at night. Oh, you're a night one. Yeah. yeah. I actually have it because I'm traveling. Like, I haven't done it the last week. I feel we the effects. <laughs> <laughs> Does it help you therapeutically? Yeah, without even kind of knowing it, I think because it is just like I'm maintaining habits is really difficult for me, but that's a habit I've been I'm pretty. I write down my dreams every morning. I write oh, my journal that's every good. morning. Yeah. I always, say, I always say to Jenny, I go like, if I die, burn the journals. Totally. I No, I've been thinking about that. Because sometimes I write them almost for publication. Oh. Sometimes I go, God, this is good. Or sometimes I'll even like, I'll write something. I'll go, no, I find I do this. I'll write something. I'll go, God, listen to myself. To be like, I'm aware. Yeah. For the reader to be like, Jesus. Oh, okay. She's listening. She's saying, oh my God, listen to me. Like, that's a, I try to, that's a good bit though. <laughs> that's a good bit. Like, huh editorializing your own journals yeah, as yeah, you're writing yeah. them. Arrows, what an idiot. Yeah, what an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's a nonprofit you've given to before? So I'm, I, a while ago, gave to this foundation and would like to promote them. They're called Dig Deep, and they provide water to um, specifically, I think the Navajo reservation, but it's like 40% of like indigenous communities like don't have water. Oh my gosh. The donations to dig deep uh, go to close this attempt to close the water gap in the US. Um, That's fantastic. Yeah. So we're going to contribute to them. We're going to link to them in the show notes and, and encourage Incredible. our listeners to give. Um, I can't thank you enough for coming. Your special is so great. Your solo show is so great. It's going to be in Los Angeles. People, I mean, it's going to be sold out wall to wall. People should get tickets like right away when it goes on sale. I am going to be doing it in London in September. Oh, me too. No, I'm September doing London. In the pool in September. In London? Yeah, where are you doing it? I'm doing it at the Soho Main Stage. Never been. Oh, that's great. I'm doing but. it at the Wyndham's down the street. Oh, I love this. I smell a dinner. Yes, there's a dinner <laughs> in the works. <laughs> <laughs> Working it out. Cause it's not done We're working it out Cause there's no that's going to do it for another episode of Working It Out. A little postscript for that episode. I went ahead and sent her a Harry and David's basket. Sent her a... Like, like somebody else should have. Like somebody else should have. I sent Kate a Harry and David's basket. I hope she enjoys it because, man, is that a great comedy special. Cinnamon in the Wind, it's on Hulu. The producers of Working It Out are myself, along with Joseph Berbiglia and Peter Salamone, associate producer Mabel Lewis, consulting producer Seth Barish, assistant producer Gary Simons, sound mix by Ben Cruz, supervising engineer Kate Belinsky. Special thanks to Marissa Hurwitz, it's Josh Upfall and David Raphael and Nina Quick. My consigliere's Mike Berkowitz. Special thanks to Jack Andonoff and Bleachers for their music. Special thanks to my wife, the poet J-Hope Stein. You can get Little Astronaut in bookstores now. Special thanks, as always, to our daughter, Una, who built the original radio fort made of pillows just, just three years ago. Three years ago, we're a we're hundred we're and something episodes into the podcast, which, which, of course, reminds me that we should thank you, most of all, the listeners. If you enjoy the show, rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts. Why not? It'll take you two minutes, and it would mean the world. You could just write what your favorite episode is 
is we we read those comments meticulously. Who knows? We might send you a Harry and David's basket. Thanks most of all to all of you who are listening to our podcast. I hope you're a completist. I hope you've listened to every single one. And if you have, tell your friends, even tell your enemies that Mickey Berbiglia and Kitty Berlant want you to listen to more Working It Out. We'll see you next time, everybody. Mm-hmm.